So we have three golfer types. We have an under golfer, which would be a Dustin Johnson. We have a side on Tiger and cover would be a Kepka or a Nicholas or a Patrick Reed type Bryson. So depending on how your body works based on your arm fold pattern, meaning an under golfer's palm faces the sky when they take their hand back, take their arms back, side on would be more perpendicular to the ground and a cover the hand would be facing down. So... episode 20 20 man this is great episode 20 all right so episode 20 of the golf performance podcast you've got one of your hosts lebron palmer and we also have uh jj wood and and we uh, i think we just keep upping our level of special guest each time we have, we have a special guest well i don't know taylor cusack or david adele i mean <laughs> who are the fans gonna like more I mean, Taylor Cusack did pull like thousands of listeners in. So, but but I, I have a feeling that with today's special guest, we are going to eclipse that not only with his background in golf, but also, you know, he he's got a good good system going on that he was talking about with the putter fitting and the device. We we had a little pre-production which we never do. So I'll let you introduce him before we get started. Yeah, I mean, David. David's one of those guys. I tell my students here when I get back, I, I question everything I ever thought about golf after I talk to him. You know, I'm in there hitting a regular shaft, regular 80-gram shaft and striping it, and I didn't know what I was hitting at first. And, you know, every time I go from a 130-gram to a 120, I, my spin rates go out of control, and I, I don't know. He just, he's, like, he's like a doctor, you know, for putting and now, you know, irons, so... But uh, yeah, that's uh, David Adele. Well, hello, I'm David Adele, um, PGA professional, uh, 25 years, quarter century guy now. Um, been making golf clubs since 1996. Started out with putters and uh, started developing putters for a, a group that I was involved with called Henry Griffiths back in the day, which was um, the father of modern um, club fitting. Uh, I don't know if you all know much about Henry Griffiths, but if you look them up, uh, they were the pioneers of interchangeable shafts and dynamic fitting. Uh, Randy and Ross Henry are two of the most brilliant guys I've been around in a long time. And uh, so I got kind of cut my teeth. I lived up and taught golf up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Um, was chasing the sun with good Argentina and South America and teach down there. And nice. My background is with uh, the golfing machine uh, initially uh, with Ben Doyle. I was, his, uh, he mentored me and then I was, I've been mentored by Roberto DiVincenzo, who's the winningest golfer of all time, won 231 uh, professional tournaments, 589 times in the top three. So uh, in his career. So yeah. And I've, uh, you know, I've been fortunate through my connections with the golfing machine and then, you know, developing the putter fitting system to uh, hang around some of the brightest minds in the game of golf, and uh, which I take a lot of pride in. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I've been, you know, I've been uh, thinking out of the box for a long time. Uh, you know, as a club manufacturer, one of the the – the difficult things in golf are the things that the industry leaves you because they don't want to do it. Right. Definitely. So, Definitely. you know, all the large OEMs are uh, chasing the low hanging fruit uh, because the high hanging fruits complicated. Yeah. Uh, and if you didn't know, people are complicated. Um, 
everybody's unique and you cannot, in my opinion, build a golf equipment that orientates its modality around getting everybody to use the same thing. Um, because all of our bodies are so different, the way we perceive things, the way we uh, <coughs> internalize information, um, our perception systems, our strengths, um, our limitations, they're all so different. And the golf club has to match that. And the process has to, to not pigeonhole people into certain areas. It has to be flexible and, and, um, and, and be user-friendly for not only the golf professional, but the, the client themselves or the golfers. Yeah. So yeah. what I've endeavored to do for the last 25 years is take into account the element and have people learn and, and figure out the processes. Cause there was, you know, I started in the basement with this. There was no such thing as putter fitting back in the day. Yeah. There was no such thing as, you know, single length fittings or wedge fittings or any of that. So I've been, you know, doing this for so long that I've been doing things that the industry wouldn't do. And then I had to explain it and I had to work through all the issues and the complications that arise from it. And I've got a pretty good handle on it. So um, I'm very confident in what we're doing is, is the best stuff in the golf industry. Uh, David, how long have you been making the single length irons? How long have, or have you had a single length iron? So. Well, initially I built Bryson uh, when he went to SMU when he was a freshman. Uh, prior to that, his senior year, I made him wedges because he couldn't get wedges light enough, you know, 280 grams. So I want to say that's like 2012. Um, <clears throat> somewhere in there, 2013, probably 2013, I was making them wedges. And, uh, um, and so I, for me to say I was making single length, I didn't really do that until I want to say, man, I'm running a 217 is when I came out with our first line three years ago of single length irons. Um, I would make stuff for people because the Bryson was doing you know, playing with them and doing well with it. So I made some stuff prior to from our old uh, uh, cavity back heads that I had, they were bulky enough to where I could get them heavy enough to be able to, to do the long irons. Um, so yeah, it, it's single length, uh, you know, came because of Bryson. I was not out there seeking single length. Now, uh, I, so I, I listened to, oh, I'm sorry, my bad, JJ, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just going to ask is, you know, I'm, I have the three through seven iron in my bag right now. And people are asking me or my students this week or this past week, what are some of the benefits of the single length? I, I say the setup, you know, it simplifies the setup. You kind of have, you know, not one setup for all the shots because depending on what shot you're hitting, but you don't, you don't have to move the ball around as much if you're hitting a five iron or a nine iron. Is that correct? I mean, I'm, I'm new to this kind of world, so I'm learning too, but. And then the back issue for the short short clubs, you know, you don't have to bend over as much. So, right, right. So, so, you know, the 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 golfer that's generally leaving their posture, which they have to, like a Bubba Watson is a jumper, so he's yeah. his posture is changing because he's using ground force verticals, right? Where a lot of the under golfers, so we have three golfer types. We have an under golfer, which would be a Dustin Johnson. We have a side-on Tiger, and cover would be a Kepka or a Nicholas or a Patrick Reed type Bryson. So depending on how your body works based on your arm fold pattern, meaning an under golfer's palm faces the sky when they take their hand back, take their 
arms back. Side on would be more perpendicular to the ground and a cover the hand would be facing down. So, so this would be under would be like this side on would be like that and cover would be like that. So, <clears throat> um, so cover golfers and or side ons do quite well with, uh, uh, with longer golf clubs because, or longer lower irons because they, they need their verticals. And a lot of times, wedges and stuff force players to stay down like you were saying that you have knee issues you're a big boy right i mean you yeah yeah yep, so knees matter <laughs> you're not going to be hanging down and want to stay down in your posture and rotate you're going to want to get out of that and get verticals and so the longer golf clubs in the in the you know eight nine pitch gaps and allow that player to get their verticals where they're not forced to stay down <clears throat> and uh so it can be tremendously good for cover golfers and sight-on golfers. Under golfers can stay in the pocket longer because they they're more rotational. Generally speaking, they stay they stay in posture longer, um, and they don't hit down as much. But yeah, it, if you really asked anybody and said, "Hey, look, you're going to have to like if you have have an iron shot to save your family from being executed, what club would you use?" <laughs> Most would say. Give me an eight iron. Eight iron, seven iron, yeah. Um, give me an eight or seven, man. I like yeah. I always practice with it. Um, and so it, it, that lie angle really and that length really sets up well for most anatomically for people's body types. So being able to maintain um, a one plane, you know, one concept is very, I mean, it's so simple. Occam's razor is a scientific principle of, of you know, choose the simple variation first, yeah. right? Don't don't go the complicated. Golf's hard enough as it is, you know, with slope and grass and wind and golf courses changing and grass types and 14 different club. You know, why would we want to have a golf club in theory that is variant when the golf, everything else is so variant, you know? Now, you, you told an interesting story on your podcast that I didn't know. You mentioned, um, I think you said Ben Hogan. No, Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones won the uh, Grand Slam with single leg irons. I've been to the trophy room at Augusta. Um, I was fortunate. I was invited with you know Bryson and Mike Shy, and I played uh, with Jimmy Dunn at, at, at Augusta. I was a uh, highlight of my life. And in the trophy room, there, right there on the wall are his irons that are all within a quarter of an inch of each other. So, so what do you think changed then? Like, it, I mean, you're, you're talking, you know, almost 100 years, you know, of, of technology. What, what, what do you think changed to make the, to go from almost a single length to the progressive length of the irons? Well, quite simple. I mean, you look at hickory, which uh, a well-made hickory shaft uh, is very, very, very elastic and very, a very good product. If you've ever played a hickory golf club, you'd say, wow, these things are amazingly good. Um, Bobby had, you know, the best golf shafts in his golf clubs. You were able to shave them down to create different flexes, right? Um, they were all <laughs> dense. They had different densities. And so he had, I think, 500 shafts to make one of two sets of his irons. So wow. he had phenomenal hickory in his golf clubs. Almost Hickory will almost go as far as graphite. Um, it's used, you know, in the right, uh, you know, mass, uh, to, to shaft flex. So it, it's, it, and so what happened is in 1932, I think is when the steel shaft was uh, legalized. They were, I mean, manufacturing processes back then were really crude. 
and yeah. welding was really not something that we were good at. So they were rolled, welded, and then they put a fake hickory-looking material on the coprylene uh, that made it look like a hickory shaft. And so they were stiff, they were boardy, they were crap. And and so to to make a golf club a three iron function or a mid iron in the time, um, they had to they had to go longer to give it enough elasticity to wow okay. Yeah. okay. So you look at the irons from from that era all the way up through the to till about the sixties maybe early seventies shafts were pretty sucky. Wow. Okay. So so it didn't, there was no and then you know graphite started showing up in the the late sixties. Um, fiberglass was, they were trying to do some fiberglass yeah. driver shafts back in the, in the sixties too. Um, and it was so inconsistent that it, it wasn't there yet either. So, so basically we just hit a technological wall for a long time in terms of the shaft. So, um, Bobby could make it work with hickory. And then we went to these really bad steel shafts and single length with no longer a viable option. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That, that hearing the history is always, a an interesting thing because there's legacy behind why you get to certain decisions. Yeah. And then what's crazy is, and we hear this all the time, history repeats itself. Yep. You know, if, if your um, hypothesis is correct, which it seems like it is, then we're going to be back to where people will be comfortable because the technology is at a place where um, single link irons can make sense and maybe not overcomplicate the game for beginners who are entering into a space that's already, like you said, complicated. And JJ, I think I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just, it kind of baffles me how you could get the gapping and the distances the same or, you know, as the traditional length irons when you have shorter shafts in like a four and three iron. Do the heads need to be like have more mass on them or how do you get, you know, yeah. the ball, the distance that you need? Well, I mean, every every iron in like your setup is, I think, 270 grams. So a normal traditional four iron is around 243 grams. So you're looking at 27 more grams in your four iron yeah. than a normal four iron. So it's a force times mass acceleration scenario. So, you know, so your club head speed is not going to incrementally bump up so much versus the, the amount that the mass that's hitting it on a more perpendicular blow. And on the other hand, that your wedge – Going to be normally a, a wedge will be 293, 292. Um, now it's two, it's you know, it's 22 grams lighter, so oh, yeah. it has less mass in it. And then you have spin loft, you know, where you're losing a lot of energy because it's not being hit with a perpendicular blow, it's more of an angled blow. So, um, so that's where the, the shafts are really matter. Where in it, with Jason Hordesky at Patterson, um, we were able through their shaft, his shaft technology to create different you know it's an advanced composite so the the shafts are wound with kevlar and graphite so they're not they're not flag wrapped they're they're, they're wound with a, a long fiber so they're all one continuous fiber from one end of the butt to to the tip and so he's able to attenuate the fibers or loosen them in the way the winding pattern happens so that they're either deaded deadened or they're a more elastic so that was what we did also with the uh, to eliminate ballooning and, and make them fly lower was to put the uh, uh, create an iron for lack of a better word that's deader so that it allows in the eight nine pitch gap that we're able to put in a shaft that doesn't want to fly as high and fly as hot 
so we can drop the trajectory down without it turning in, you know, because if you just drop the loft down out of an, on an eight iron, now it's a seven iron, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're the purpose. You have to take energy out of the golf club and add it. So what we did was we created three profiles of shafts that produced, one produces a, a deadened effect and the other one on the other end of the spectrum is elastic. So it creates more spin and more energy release. So, so the technology is there with the face flex technology, removable weight system, constant balance, constant head shape size, constant MOI. I mean, my iron's the most advanced iron in the industry. Definitely. There's no iron that's even close to what I've accomplished with the shafting, the head weight scenario, the bounce, hollow body tech, constant MOI. I mean, it's it's unconscionable how good that that yeah. iron is comparative to what's out there. And JJ lamented it by saying, hey, well, I mean." It feels, I mean, we don't know all that other stuff, but we know what it feels like. We know what it feels like, yeah. But it's what it's got to be the best iron head feeling. Like, it's, I don't know, it feels solid, but like with a little softness, it mm -hmm. just feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the look and feel of them. Um, of course, I've only seen them on the website. Yeah. Um, but, but I would be eager to see them. And, and JJ, I'll be up your way probably in yeah, the next couple of days actually, to see them in person. I've been, Next time he comes up, he's scared he's going to get COVID in here, even though <laughs> we're still zero percent. But uh, he's been wanting to get fit for iron. So, although, what do you do with a guy like him? He's what are you six five, six four? Like no, you know, I was reading like the thirty seven inch or thirty seven and a half. I guess you could do like, Brian. Did you get fit for your last set? Were they like? Yeah, so I got fit for my last yeah. set, and I think I was a um, inch long and a. Um, maybe a degree upright, I think is what I had the last time. So, but, but my swing is completely different than remember I had, I was going way over the top and yeah, my, my path is much better, much more consistent, much more comfortable now. So yeah, I, I, I'm just going to be eager to see um, what they look like. I mean, and also, I mean, we know that Dave, you're, you're known really in the world for putters. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where you cut your teeth. Um, and you have a putting system as well that you do a fitting for yep. also, right? Yes. I have uh, my putter fitting system. Uh, my original one had over a billion permutations in it. Uh, <laughs> so we, we whittled it down to about a hundred and something million. But, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a putter fitting process based around uh, two perceptions. One, your perception of your visual perceptions. And the other is your feel perceptions, your, your, your touch perception. So a putter's two things. It's an alignment system and it's a motion system. Yeah. Right? So I've got to align it and then I've got to move it back and forth, right? So we've created a, a, a putter fitting process that's big. You know, we shoot a laser from a puck to a golf ball. We put a mirror on your putter face. Behind the puck is a, a backdrop. You set up to it with your putter, we and you say, okay, I think I'm aiming, and then we show you where you're truly aiming. Wow. And the tour average is eight inches left from six feet. Wow. I think I was like 15 inches three years ago when I first went. It was amazing. But it wow. wasn't as amazing as the grip this week. I be, I, every single walks in, I have that uh, bio swing dynamics black thing on the ground. Yes. I make it on it right away. I'm like, I may have been screwing you up for a while now. Let's hear so, yeah, so, you know, the putter fitting process takes into account how a person perceives shape. So a putter yeah. is a combination of, of multiple shapes. You know, you've got hosel offsets, you've got, you know, line angles, you've got um, head shapes, you've got line combinations, you've got features on putters that draw your attention forward and back. 
So we manipulate the head shape, line combinations, hosel offsets to where we figure out through the whole process, because uh, everything's interchangeable, um, how a person, where they, where, what attributes of a putter allow them to make the putter look open, closed, or square. Yeah. Uh, everybody's always trying to make the putter look square to their mind's eye, but in reality, it may aim left or it aims right. So if someone aims right, the putter looks closed, so they're opening it up too much. If it aims left, and it looks open to them, and then they close it. And so yeah. we, we fix those, that scenario. Then we, in the fitting process for speed, we have a unique weighting process of moving weight from the head internally and to the <laughs> counterweight to, uh, for a person to access their touch patterns to make what they – you know, feel to be real and make it real. So, yeah, I was uh, Brian. I don't know if I told you this because I don't think uh, we were hanging out yet uh, when I got my putter. But it's like going to the eye doctor, and you sit there in the chair, <laughs> and they're like doing all the different lenses, you know. Yeah. And uh, like all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I can see. Like I, and that's how it was. I mean, nice. about twenty, thirty minutes, and he's sitting on like a stool thing, and he has his bucket or his tray of heads and shaft. Uh, he neck. said one million at one point. So, oh no, I, I tell people like hundreds. I don't know what was over there, but then all of a sudden, when I got the right one, I was like, I can see it. Like, and it gives you a sense of confidence. Like, it frees you up because I sit over the putt. Like on full swing, I'm uh, really like feel and visual, I guess. But putting, maybe because it's been my weakness for a while now, that like I'm always adjusting, and you know, I just I take a long time <laughs> because I'm trying to get you know, the right alignment, I and mean, I never actually figured out with another Definitely. putter. But when I have his, it's, you know, I, I it just, oh, I'm pointing out of the go. You know, it's... Well, and if you look, if you remember, you know, that was three years ago, mm -hmm. and you came in, you brought in that other uh, putter, um, and then you aimed it kind of high right, and then you put my putter in play three years later, and it was dead perfect. It was dead perfect. So, in so the, the process... So the, is the person right you know yes. oh it's going to go away because my putting is so invariant it's so variable you know i don't have a good and bad days and so they but they don't believe that they're going to that that they're going to aim their putter consistently every time and people come in all the time and they go you know you know i'm struggling with my putting and they and they come in with my putter and i go okay uh let's see how you aim and they aim it perfect and i'm like well that's not my problem, right? I mean, I, you're, you're, yeah. your putting is my problem, but the putter's not the problem. It wasn't Definitely. golf club. Didn't, it's not aiming anymore, right? And we have toe-up technology, which we call torque balance. So the face doesn't move due to face rotation rates. So when you put a putter on our finger, the toe po points upward instead of being face balanced, but be turned face balanced, which is a joke. That's another topic. Yes, <laughs> dude. I'm trying to still understand. Yeah. Well, well, look, I, I know um, – I just I, I appreciate um, Dave giving us some time. We don't want to take too much of his time today, but I do want to do two quick things before we get out of here. Yes. One, see, you know, we, we have this steady conversation around how the pandemic is impacting what's happening in the golf industry yeah. as a club fitter, club maker. Want to get your impressions on, you know, what you think. I mean, we got JJ down there wearing a bandana. So obviously it's impacting us in some way. So yeah, want to get your impressions there. there. <laughs> and then, well, you know, yeah, there a second part. Yeah, there. and then the second one before we get out of here, just because I, I'm a gambling person, we're always here. I, I am going to bet on Bryson after hearing this conversation today for the upcoming um, event in the uh, Rocket Mortgage. So 
we'll talk about that. But go ahead into the pandemic real quick before we get out of here. Yeah, I mean, we're all concerned, obviously. Um, uh, since I don't sell a retail product, mine are all fitted. Um, it hits us a little bit differently than it may hit uh, some other OEMs uh, because they have uh, distribution networks at clubs, you know, where they, they sell equipment to either big box retail or, or um, online or whatever. We, ours has to be fitted. So our, our fitter core out there, our regional fitter core, um, they've been stifled because they can't get into clubs. So it's gotcha. hurt us specifically that way. But when we do get in, I'm telling you, people want to, they're spending money on golf clubs. So yeah. it's amazing. Um, so we've done, you know, I'll go do an event and I'll sell nine putters in a day, you know, fit nine people. And I got people waiting to get fit. So it's, it's been good. We have a new product line out that just was introduced uh, Jan, uh, June 1. So um, the EAS uh, putter line. So it's, so we got, we were kind of late to getting it out. So the, the pandemic kind of gave us a yellow flag uh, in racing. So we were able to kind of catch up to the pack. So in that regard, it, it, it didn't hurt us, but yeah, I, uh, for us, it's just these clubs allowing outside people in. A lot of them are, and a lot of them aren't. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we've struggled a little bit with that, but tremendous enthusiasm out there. I mean, I, I, I was in Denver a couple uh, about ten days ago, and and the club that I was at at Rolling Hills, uh, they did uh, three hundred seven rounds of golf that day on wow. a Thursday. So they're like, man, we're just blowing everybody I went to uh, in Denver. They were like, we're just, it's epic, epic golf. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think everybody's, I think, re remembering what it was like to go play golf. And now I think they're back. I think the bug is being, I think a lot of people got the bug again. Yeah. yeah. For golf. So, uh, go ahead. And then uh, you got Ronda Bryson. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy's trending. I mean, you know, he's eating 45 pizzas a month and you know, <laughs> um, sitting at 345 uh, on average, it seems like, and it's straight. And It's crazy. That's the one great. thing I know about Bryson, and I know Bryson very well, um, is when he's confident and, you know, to, whenever he's always pushing his boundaries. And, you know, when he first got out on tour, he had some initial success and then he struggled, right? And I don't think he felt confident out there, even though he was confident in his skills. And then he got confident and then you saw what he did. He won a lot of golf tournaments. Yeah. And, and then he went and worked on some more stuff, right? So he's always working. And I think now he's back to feeling confident again. And I think he's not you know, talking as much about stuff that he's working on and drawing yeah. unnecessary attention to himself, which he did a little bit, you know, he's just maturing as a young man and, um, and that'll serve him well. Uh, I think as he, as he keeps doing what he's doing, I mean, every time you're in the top six, yes. right, you're, yeah. you're going to, you're going to, you're knocking on the door. And well, he gives me, he gives me hope because he's, he's almost my size now. So yeah. <laughs> knowing the he's fact that he, I got him by about 20 pounds, but, you know, now that I know that someone around my size, you know, before I would look at guys like Brooks, and he's not near my size, but Bryson is closer, so it yeah. makes me feel more comfortable well, now that Chris, I can continue no to grow this too. swing. Otherwise, I was getting guys like, you know, Stadler, who was, like, closer <laughs> to me, and that's, you know, we have a different body type. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> Yeah, so that's all right, I'm but good. before I go, and, and Dave, we want to make sure you give everybody your information, where they can find you, all that info. I just want y'all first impressions on my foursome 
for this upcoming event. I got Norin as my quote-unquote D player, although he's not. Norin is my D player. I've got Van Ruin as my C player, okay? Um, Bryson as my A player, as I mentioned. And then I'm stuck on my B player between Bubba Watson, because he's always played well here, or Ricky Fowler. What are y'all thoughts on that B player? I need some help. I need some you, help. Ricky's been letting you down. Even he has, like, but I, you know, I tell him not to, but I don't want to be the guy that you know <laughs> that he wins and he took him off because of me. So. so, so Bubba or Ricky, I, I need some help. I mean, we've got two golf professionals on, and I'll and, take and, I'll take Ricky. Okay, I, he's gonna come around someday. Uh, someday soon. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, boy, I don't think any of those two are trending very well right now. I'd say Bubba's probably trending better. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like Bryson as your A player, uh, your D player. I, some of these young kids are, I mean, the numbers that everybody's throwing up. And I think yeah. guys, without the crowds, um, you know, if you've got stuck in a group with Rory, that crowd is killing you. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. They don't have it. So I think it's going to be a lot easier for some of these kids to young guys out there that don't have the experience of dealing with those kind of crowds and that, you know, that's great. Yeah, they're they're going to be had, Oh, yeah. I had been riding Morikawa for every tournament, he and he finally first. missed the cut. Yeah. <laughs> he missed the cut for the first time, so I blame me. Well, well, again, Dave, we appreciate you taking Wait, some time. I have time. one question. I have one okay. question. So, putting, you know, is, was your thing. Now you're getting into irons. Were you, like, a good putter or a bad putter? Because I got into sports psychology because I was a basket case, mm -hmm. and I wanted to learn how not to be a basket case. So we're, what, what took you to putting? Are you a great putter? You want to no, share? No, I'm not a good putter, and I think that's what you know. You, it, as a golf professional, or what, you're always working on your flaws, yeah. and so I, I tried to make a putter uh, for myself, and uh, just to, so I could maybe like something, and uh, and then the laser came out uh, back in the early '90s, um, and I found out I aimed a foot and a half left, and I said, "No wonder why." And I put a pal four. Um, and uh, so then we started playing around with different head shapes, and I found out that I aimed mallets and curvy shapes better than I did, which my first putter was an 8802, um, so, which I thought I was a pretty good putter back then. And then I started – I was left-hand low, my wrist I, – and I took a lesson from Paul Runyon, who they called him um, Little Poison because he, he could make everything, and he gave me his poison, which was the wrong grip for my body type which we talked about, which was yeah. in my wrist. He folded them, you know, got, he rolled yeah. under, and I'm a cover golfer. And now I put my hands on top and I'm a good putter uh, because now it matches my fold pattern. So yeah, I went through 20 some years of having the wrong grip and that's why I'm really, uh, you know, able to share that, that journey with yeah. people in the fitting process is to help their bodies align to the type of putter they have. I actually, I, I don't know when I got my grip because I was self-taught. I probably had the right – because I was a good putter until I was about 12. From, like, 9 to 12, I was a good putter. I probably just grabbed it naturally. Then yeah. I started learning stuff, and I started getting under probably. And yeah. now here I am. Yeah. Well, well, well <laughs> Dave, give people like the information um, where they can find you. Um, I'll definitely – we'll have this in the show notes as well. We want to make sure we can – and I need to plan, um, if you all are accepting guests, a trip up to Austin so sure. I can get some fitting or work with JJ as well down at Northgate. So where can people find you, website, Instagram, et cetera? Yeah, you can go uh, www uh, or edelgolf.com. Um, 
and you know basically through that you can find all of our stuff uh, okay. facebook um got a new website launch uh all of our podcasts and stuff will be on the website so you'll be able to see those highly recommended podcasts as well um it, yeah, thank you. you you will yeah. learn quite a bit um I, that's why i'm so eager to see these single link irons yeah, if you're that last episode was great buddy mike on the podcast a lot on your podcast because i gotta find some content yeah, mike will be one of my more. next guests yeah um and uh working on getting rich beam on and yeah uh, yeah so you know, I'm letting the cat out of the bag. I'm just basically giving my information out because, you know, I want to get ahead of, you know, uh, what I'm doing, people understanding. It's so complex that I can give out my information. All it does is help. Yeah, I can't remember it. Wow. Make people ask questions and then go look for resources, right? Yeah. What yeah. Well, All we right. appreciate it. That's been episode 20 of the um, Golf Performance Group podcast, and, and we're out. Thank you. Thank you.